Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff with the Cyber Pro Podcast. Today, podcast, did I just say podcast? I meant podcast. Today, my guest is Adrian Sanabria, and we're going to talk about a number of fascinating things, but specifically, and I probably should have had more coffee this morning, why the security industry needs more Mythbusters and feedback loops to keep us all honest. The last four words were my own. So with that, Adrian, how are you? Please tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, no, no, I think podcast works. Um, it's not a devcast, right? It's a podcast. You know, we're we're doing this live. <laughs> uh, if you really wanted to get podcasted, I'm happy to help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So um yeah, I'm 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 one of those folks that was just kind of naturally drawn to this field because everything's new, everything's changing. I'm curious about everything. You know, I, I want to test everything out, play with everything. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, always delighted to try out the newest, latest thing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, like I, I'm reading some history books right now, you know, and, and I'm constantly amazed at how, how many new things come out about old things that happened in the past you know so there, there's some really interesting uh new history books you know that that come out on a regular basis and uh and in this field every everything's new you know so it's uh you know it was a no-brainer it was uh seemed like magic to me you know like same thing same reason i, I learned to drive uh stick shift you know <laughs> it's just like i want to know how that works like like that looks really cool i like the idea of having more control over you know, when the car is shifting and stuff like that. So I had to learn it and I did. You know, that's an interesting comment, wanting to be in more control as techno technologically wise with AI, robotics, yeah. fill in the blank. You know, we are moving toward a society that is less in control of of, of daily matters as well as, as some might argue our destiny. And yeah. specifically around what we do here around cybersecurity and the necessity of busting myths because everything is so new. So can you share with us kind of how you arrived at that? You know, like what was it that drove you toward wanting to uncover the untruths, whether it were, was premeditated or not? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, it's interesting pointing out control because that was not the driver. That was the, the initial driver is just the need to understand how things work, you know, to, to, to see how something works and just uh, to want to understand like, like food supply chain. Like, like I can read about that all day. Like I find it fascinating how, how the world feeds itself, you know, and how, how different, uh, you know, different events can, can impact that. Like, like the bananas, what we call a banana is a Cavendish banana. And that's not what our grandparents ate. You know, our grandparents ate a different kind of banana, uh, the varietal of which I, I can't remember the name of, uh, because they we switched to Cavendish long before I was born. And you'll hear people say, you know, bananas used to taste sweeter. Absolutely, they did, because it was a completely different kind of banana. Um, but, you know, sometimes these crops, you know, that we use to feed the world uh, get hit by blights, and we have to move to a different kind. And that, I, I think that's what happened in this case is, uh, you know, the supply couldn't keep up, you know, bananas are the number one thing that Walmart sells. And, uh, you know, like that, that is the most, uh, 
most common product they sell. I think they sell one every like 20 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that. Um, and it's, uh, you know, to keep the supply chain going, they had to switch to to a different kind of banana that wasn't impacted by by that blight that took out all these these banana farms. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's it, what brings me to it is, is needing to know how things work and understand how things work. And we're so dependent on technology at this point. You know, it wasn't nearly as essential for people to understand this stuff back when I started. But, uh, but yeah, after learning how things work, then you understand like what you want to have control over and what you'd rather let somebody else do. Like, you know, do I want to run my own email server? I could, uh, and I'd have a lot of control over it. I wouldn't have to worry about a lot of things that I worry about, you know, letting somebody else do it. But yeah, I mean, at this stage in my life, I've got so much stuff going on. I'm, I'm not going to run my own email server. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pay somebody else to do that and and now there's more options than just yahoo and gmail right so well they're listening to us so we should be nice (laughs) uh so let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit more right like you i I love the analogy of the banana right just because it's something that is on a growth curve going up and also because right these companies all need to have a product that's going to make it from field to store to table and not look bad and or taste bad right so it's a it's an economics thing as well it's it's a reality thing so when we talk about porting that over to cybersecurity and the need the industry need for for myth busters to keep us honest and more feedback loops so we know we don't go too far off the the reservation like what what do we have to do to accomplish both of those things how do we start yeah, so, th- so there's this um, really popular YouTuber. And I, I want to say his, his channel name is Vericetium. You know what I'm talking about? Is is that the correct name? Mm, it's heard. one of the Don't one know. of the like like top ten um, YouTube channels out there. Uh, and, and he's very sciencey, very geeky. You know, dives into some interesting stuff. And and one of the things uh, that he dove into um, was, was the concept of an expert. You know, what, what makes an expert an expert? And, um, and you know, if you've ever read any of Malcolm Gladwell's stuff, this is also, this is, uh, he, he wrote a book, uh, and I'm blanking on the name of the book right now, you know, but he, he kind of uh, popularized the 10,000 hour, uh, you know, theory, the, the idea that, you know, once you've spent enough time on something, you know, you you become an expert on it just from experience, from exposure to it. Uh, but he actually identifies in, in this video uh, that there are a couple other things that are missing there. And one of them is feedback loops. Like if you do something for 10,000 hours, but you never see the result of what you do, you know, how do you improve? You know, if, if you don't know when failure occurs versus success. And in security, that's often the case. Like when we get breached, is that because of something I did wrong? You know, like like it's such a nuanced thing and there's so many steps that happen uh, when an attack occurs. Um, you know, it can be very difficult to, to really nail that down to, uh, okay, step by step. Uh, and, and you absolutely can do it in the companies who get attacked. You know, the incident report uh, will often give you some of those details. But the general public often don't get those details. The vendors who make the security products don't get those details. So 
big chunks of this feedback loop, you know, that should be rising all the ships and making the whole industry better don't exist because unlike aviation, maritime, you know, anywhere where safety uh, uh, is a concern, you know, usually around human life and, uh, and we want to make improvements, you know, to make safety better, uh, incident reports are public. Uh, this doesn't happen in, in security, I think, largely because human lives aren't at risk. So it's it's a lower priority. It's mostly, you know, the the biggest outcomes that are feared are, are, are mostly financial. And, um, you know, not not nearly as, as cut and dry as, as as a plane crashing or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, but but we're feeling the the downside of that. You know, we don't uh, we don't close those feedback loops. We don't improve. We don't get better. You know, so there, there's a lot of myths in how we run security programs. You know, what products help versus don't help, and how much they help. You know, actually quantifying the value of things in security is very hard to do if we can't close those feedback loops. Hmm. Quantifying value. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, you just took off in a direction where I'm going to do my last question, right? Where you said in other spaces, these reports are public because in many cases they involve human lives. And then a comment was said that what we do does not involve human lives. And I would actually beg to differ on that, on that stance. It, it, it is not it as traditionally, yeah. right? Like we're getting there. We're getting, we're putting computers in places we maybe shouldn't be putting them. So we're getting there. You took the words right out of my mouth, right? It is not a plane crash that results in the instantaneous, instantaneous? Wow, I'm good today. Uh, instantaneous death of human lives. But the direction that we're going, and we talked about AI and robotics, we may soon arrive at a time and a place when human lives are directly and irrevocably affected by what those things do. And then, if not already, Skynet becomes real. Yeah. So, how do we? delay or better ensure that when we reach that time and location that it does not become as tragic and instantaneous as a plane crash what do we do and it's one of those things that can you know i mean individually it's not going to sneak up on us we're talking about it right now that it's it's potentially an inevitable but as an industry it's absolutely something that could just step up and step up and, and sneak up on us. And, you know, we're, we're in danger of being reactive instead of proactive uh, mm -hmm. when, when, when we do get to that point. Um, but absolutely, like, like yeah, we're making baby steps, you know, like the, the regulation that we see, uh, you know, the SEC requiring public companies to, um, you know, to, to let their investors, to let the public know when they've had an incident within a certain time frame, you know, within four days is, is a step, you know, but we really do need to do those details, you know, the details that engineers and defenders can dig into, you know, to, to understand how they can avoid the same fate. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, and, and that's all we can do right now is we, we can argue for it, you know, and, and we can make everybody aware of it, but, uh, um, 
yeah, it, and it's going to come down to regulation. Like it's it's got to be. You know, the the, the capitalist approach is is not going to is is not going to solve this because it's uh, you know if 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 anything, like look at the Twitter case. You know, with uh, I don't know if you saw Mudge uh, and his his. Uh, blew the whistle on on Twitter, basically saying that uh, they said incentives were in place to better protect users and and to cut down on on bots and, and spam accounts, and um, and yeah, he's saying you know they're absolutely not incentivized on that. You know that like just the fact that they say they shut down uh, a million spam accounts a day suggests that they're allowing a million spam accounts <laughs> like like for that to maintain uh you, you know uh indefinitely you know they're they're saying 300 million a year you know that they're allowing way too many to be opened in the first place you know because they're incentivized on just user growth on just raw user growth regardless of whether they're real users or or, or bot accounts so you know putting the right incentives in place is a big one and and there aren't any natural capitalistic uh, incentives here are, are too few to make a difference. Incentives to do good. That could be a whole other podcast or podcast. Um, in, in, in fact, perverse in incentives was one of the main topics when the loft uh, uh, hacking group testified before the Senate in, uh, in 1998. I'm going to save that one for a bonus question. But yeah. for the main podcast, I wanted to say thank you, Adrian. We are unfortunately out of time because that's what happens when you talk about interesting topics with awesome people. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the CyberPro podcast today. Please like and subscribe us so you don't miss new episodes.